Hey, this is Keith Price, and I am so glad that you have become a part of the Keith Price's Curtain Call family. It is really great that you guys are enjoying it, and I really, really feel like I want to give you guys more and do more for you. And the only way that I can do more is if I can get a little bit of help from you. So what I would like to ask of you is that you check out, if you're listening to the podcast, to the Patreon page that I have started in which I'm asking that if you have an extra buck or two that you could throw over to the side once a month, I would be very appreciative. As time goes on and the more support that I can get and the more energy that I can create, behind this, it will give me the opportunity to reach more people. And the more people that love theater in the world makes the world a better place. So www.patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. Help a brother out. Come on now. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot. Alright, this is a tribute to all the pioneer on b vocal group, past and present. I gotta take my time with this Now we gonna sing a little piece from groups going back to the 1940s Then go forward As we salute some of our favorite groups The 40s Starting with the Mills Brothers I'd rather have a paper doll To call my own If I didn't care Oh, I'm gonna steal your baby And we are Back here on Keith Price's Curtain Call, having a fantastic kind of a different, it's a musical diversion, as I like to say, because you're thinking, where's the show tunes? And I don't have any today because it's kind of, um, you know, one of the things that I love about doing this podcast, and I hope that you guys that are listening will join and kind of roll along with me in that, like, everything is theatrical. Everything that we do is theatrical. The world is a stage. That's what Shakespeare would say, that the world is a stage. And so everything that we do especially as artists, no matter how you want to look at it, is a theatrical moment and a theatrical kind of thing, if you choose to look at it as such. And so today, which is going to be fun, is that I'm bringing you somebody that's kind of outside of the realm of what we normally talk about on the shows that you have been so kind to listen to over the last two and a half, almost three years, soon for an anniversary party. Um, And it's great because... I like it when I get to be introduced to something that I get to share with people because, again, this is something you may not think about looking at, but I will present it to you and you can do as whatever you will because that's the beautiful part about choice. But this, I think, is really kind of groovy because I'm sitting here now with artist Charles Bronson. Ouch. (laughs) See how suave I am, Charles? See? Because I want to make sure to punch when I hit your name right because... Yeah, you did it. Thank you very much. You pronounced it. Charles Bronx. But, you know, his managers insist upon calling this man Chaz. And he's just like, you know, he's going to make it. Or maybe they're doing it as Chase. Maybe that's what we should do. Is that Because I see the umla. That's worse. That's worse? You don't like Chase? Chase sounds very. Chase is cool when I'm going to the bank. (laughs) <laughs> you know, if you're related no. to them, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's, it's just simply Charles. It's, it's Charles an abbreviation of Charles. This is abbreviation. All right, C H A S. But he's got this really great project that I. That's like one of two things that I really do like, and I love it because there is something about homage, and there's something about respect, and there's also something about, I guess, reflection. Because many, 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 many of you people who love this show know that as theater artists, that 
every for every Sutton Foster, there was somebody before her. I, you know, you love, you know, I love me some Patina Miller, honey. You, y'all can, don't even talk to me about Patina Miller, but I know that she would not be there if it wasn't for like the Leslie Uggams of the world, and if it wasn't for the uh, Virginia Capers of the world, you, you would not have known who this person is because of the the struggles that we all have, and it's partially because as people of color, we always wind up kind of sort of being pushed to the side sometimes, and even in still, when you have these moments to pay homage and be able to have the conversations about what the contributing energy is of the artists are and have been, it it's nice to find somebody that's young enough to understand it, kind of caught in the middle. <laughs> don't you think, Charles? You're, you're like, I feel like you're younger than me. I don't want to ask your age because it's none of my business. But you seem to be a little bit younger than I am. And so I am willing to just bank on the fact that this wonderful project he's got called Group Hugs, H-U-G-S, is honoring unforgettable groups of soul. Is this wonderful project that he has where it is, he's kind of breaking it down, aren't you, in this piece? This this whole, it's the theme of this is is what we're talking about. And it's wonderful because it is an opportunity for someone to have a discussion about the lost art of basically respect. <laughs> yes. You know? Yeah, I, I think you um, you hit it right on the head. You know, that's that's exactly what I'm trying to do there. I'm breaking it down. And, you know, the, it, the, I'm, I'm, I'm not from that particular time period that I'm covering. Right. It's just that I was, I learned about these groups as I was doing my research and I decided to include it in the project, even though I didn't know about them. So although it may seem like I'm older or from that time, I'm really not. I just did it in such a way that it, I could bring it home to the people who were familiar with those acts and also introduce those acts to the generation that was not familiar with these groups because I felt it was real important that some light was... Uh, Placed on these groups because we have some really great groups Absolutely. from the nineteen forties. I mean, going even back to the twenties. Yes, but it really became R and B, like in the, in the late thirties, forty, early forties. That's when like the genre really kicked off. So my tribute to the great groups started at that point in the early forties, and it went forward right. to the point where the groups pretty much dissolved, like at the beginning of the two thousand. Yeah. I mean, because you follow, like, I believe it starts off, like, with the Mills Brothers, you know. Correct. And then Correct. moving forward to, like, you get to New Edition and you get to all of these these other groups that, you're right, you, you know, unless New Edition decides to get together and do a tour, which they've done from time to time, you wouldn't be thinking about them in your everyday existence. And the people that are creating music every day don't realize that some of the riffs and the, the bops and the boops they get are coming from them as well. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason that we're not appreciating the groups that came from the past because we don't know about them. Right. And as I did my research, I noticed that, well, let me, let me start from here. Initially the project was going to be about three and a half minutes long Mm -hmm. with me paying like five second tributes to the groups that I was familiar with. Right. Like the temptations and, the Four Tops, Black Black Ivory, Blue Magic, um, The Persuaders. You know, that right. period when I was a kid and I heard my parents playing these records right. all day. 
But when I started doing the project, I started learning about all these groups that I'd never heard of. And I was like, why? How come we don't hear these groups being played on like WBLS? Right. Or on these quote unquote black radio stations. And during the research, I learned why we're not hearing these groups on black radio stations. And that's because the quote-unquote black radio stations were not black-owned. And there was no sensitivity to our culture to the degree that we would have had, mm-hmm. the sensitivity that we would have had to our musical uh, diversity and history and, and the richness of our culture. It was more programmed for us to listen to what some programming director wanted to play for us. And, with, right. and that usually consists of about eight or nine records. Right, play every hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I started digging deeper. And then I started learning about the disc jockeys. And I noticed that the disc jockeys I was learning about that played that good R&B for us, it's not like the DJs. Well, I, I'm hesitant to even call them DJs now because they're more like radio announcers. They're just announcing the, ra- the songs that are about to be played. Right. They're not bringing you anything original or, or, or breaking a, a new record like the Enoch Gregory's used to do. Right. Or or the um uh Frankie Crockers used to do. You know, they would right. come on air and you would listen to them faithfully because you knew it was they they about to play something. Yeah. And you're gonna be introduced to something new and you wanted to be there to hear it. And it's not like that anymore. So I wrote about that and I included it into the group hugs project. And I have a, a couple of songs that deal with the, the whole problem with radio and the disc jockeys. There's something on there called The Demise of the Personality DJ. And I have something called The Demise of Black Radio. Right. And, I, you know, what started out as a simple tribute song became this whole, like, full-blown musical documentary that I put under the exactly. umbrella of group hugs. And see, that's what was so great because I loved the idea that... It's a musical project, first and foremost, just yeah. generally a musical project. And then it, and it, at the crux of it, or at the, the real heart of this, is true respect, if that makes sense. Yes, sir. And so, like, for you as, as someone putting this together, and you were looking through all of the, the, the history, does it make you angry? Yes, it made me very angry. And that's how you wind up getting this whole project right here. Group hugs. Very angry. I mean, you could tell by some of the titles. You know, somebody yes. that, that to my That's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Black music without black people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they're gone. Yeah. Wait, wait. The, the demise of the personality GJ. But I, it's the demise of black radio. I mean, you you know, you're yeah. just going right at it that the jugular ain't even messing around. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of hesitant to, to mention certain artists' names and stuff. But then I was just like, man, I'm doing my own thing. That's the whole point of my own records, an outlet to do my own thing. So that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, my own records. My own records, yeah. which is M-O-U-N records. Right. Mm-hmm. But again... It's an acronym for... Makings of unforgettable new records, and I love. And that. I didn't have to water it down. I didn't have to get permission mm-hmm. from some record exec to put it out like that because I'm the exec of my own label. Wow! So again, 
Charles. Because I'm going to call you Charles. I'm going to give you that respect, Charles, because, you know, that's that's what you want. And I will have let you have that. But, you know, that's Charles if you get to know him. But on his professional other level, you can go to Chaz, C-H-A-S, Bronxon.com, B-R-O-N-X-S-O-N.com, where you can see some of the videos that we're talking about that were at- attached to the music because that's what clicked for me when I watched the visual of what you were presenting under the themes of the music. And it kind of gave a different perspective because I will admit that I am not necessarily a rap artiste lover. I mean, I'm I'm of a certain generation and of a certain age and there's certainly elements of what is today's hip hop that I don't find works for me personally. But what I did notice and what I loved about what you did is that you actually kept it to the a story that makes that we all need to pay attention to. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it was, it was. I thought it was kind of groovy, man. So for you, is, has film been a big part of your development as an artist as well? Well, you know, thanks for finding the project groovy, as you say. <laughs> you know, that's, that's cool. It, it, it is. It is. You know, but um, the, as far as film and video. I, I gradually got into that. I, I got into that kind of by necessity because, you know, when when you finish as as songwriters, when you finish writing a song and putting it together, it's just a song. But when you're really creative, you have more ideas in your head mm-hmm. to promote that song, and that usually involves putting a video together for it. And initially, you know, I didn't know anything about it, so I. I brought people on board to do the directing for me and show me, like, not necessarily show me, but to do it, but I watched so that I could learn how to do it. And I studied, like, the first project that I did was a a project called Let Daddy Explain. And my man Ricardo Dats, he did the directing, and I just watched. Mm -hmm. And I saw how he, you know, got the, the, the actors and the actresses to perform the the take or do a take a certain way and bring out of them what he was trying to capture on film. Right. And I just studied it because I, I knew at some point he would be busy and I would have a project that I'm trying to do a video to. And you can't get mad at people when they don't have time to do it. Especially, you know, because we're all in the hustle. Yeah, everybody's you know? running, man. You know, so... I, I took it upon myself. I mean, that first time I directed it, I was nervous, man. I was yeah. like, damn, I, I don't got my homie to, like, as the, as that crutch to lean on. Like, because mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing. I just had to take everything that I learned and apply it. And after I did it the first time, it was like, man, I can do this. So it's, it's very important for me mm-hmm. to have video a part of what I'm doing because a lot of my stuff is audiovisual. Right. Yeah. So it's a hand in hand package. Like yeah. you got it. You can't do one without the other. Yeah. So then that means when you, once you have created the nugget that is your song, and you start, you know, like banging it out, finding the place where you want it, getting your hooks and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get to that place, is that when you start visualizing it, or does the visualization come as you're doing it? Um. No. It, it usually comes after the mm-hmm. project is done, and then I got a chance to look at it, like from an aerial view. I can right. look at what's happening with the lyrics all over. Because when you're creating it, you don't know how it's going to end, end up. A lot of times, um, yeah. a lot of times it's, it starts off 
as a simple idea or a riff. And you'll start writing just a few sentences. And a lot of times when I go in the studio to record what I've written thus far, I don't even know how it's going to turn out. I don't know what that final mix is going to be like. Because right. although I have all of the lyrics written out the way I want it, once I start performing it, I might hear something different going along the way. I might say, you know what, this line could be better. And then I just take that complete line out. And then right. it'll become something completely different when it's over. And then I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, and then at that point, after I mix it, now I have a story that I'm committed to. Right. And so it's only at that point that I can really form like some kind of storyline behind a, a video that I can bring out. Right. All right. So then I, I like that because I guess, you know, as someone who's doing their own, like, I feel like one of the things about you that I also can gravitate to just in terms of the, the artist aspect is, is watching you create your own and doing your own because that's not a freedom that we all get. <laughs> you yeah. you agree? Yeah. Like that's not a freedom that many people can say they have and still be able to have a life and have a career. If, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and as an artist, that's something that we need to demand. That Absolutely. Freedom. Because what what's the point of being an artist if you can't truly express yourself? That's and you know, I as we were talking, you know, and I always think about how people who, like I said, listen to this from the perspective of oh, I love theater. What what I feel that is a great way to bring that the theatrical aspect into it for people that are listening that may not necessarily know who Charles Bronson B R O N X S O N is, um, Chaz C H A S Bronson dot com. Because, you know, you got to get your plugs in. That people that may not know who you are, like when they come to explore now because of what I if, – if they're doing it because I've said to them, you should check this guy out because it's a different kind of storytelling. And I think that that's what I feel as um, – I don't know. I, I hate to be all – as like an ambassador to just a part a portion of the world of arts. You know, I'm – in my small microcosm of the world that I'm in right now – when I talk about artists and artists' work, it's sort of like, you, you know, this is an opportunity for them to get to know who you are in a different place, but also because of the fact that you're you're bringing storytelling, and that's theater. No matter how people want to slice it, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and I and I and sometimes, like I said, it's very difficult because I always have to find a way to justify for the audience that's listening that all of a sudden was thinking that we were going to be talking about the whiz or something. You know what I mean? Like, which we could do eventually, but I'm saying, but in this place from the actual person of the actual artist, because a lot of people need to have that sense of inspiration. So what was it for you, Charles, that sparked an interest in music to begin with? How did all that jump off? I guess it was just an innate, thing with me because my mom told me that when I was like two years old I used to DJ her parties <laughs> and I'm like how how, how you why you say that there's yeah. no way a two-year-old could DJ a party right she said trust me you would come in like I and pardon me with my voice y'all I was like just talking a whole lot yesterday under the AC and that kind of stuff and y'all know how that can sometimes affect your voice that little dry thing yep. you got going on but anyway you know, moms told me that when I was a, a youngster, I would, even though I, you know, I couldn't read, so there's no way that I possibly was was reading these records that I was playing. 
But huh. I would I would pick up like when she had company, her and my father. I would stand by the record player, and they would have stacks of records, and I would play the records according to the the label that was on it. I identified what song was what by the, by the label labels on it. And yeah, and I would have the whole thing going. Wow. Yeah. So that means you must have obsessively listened to music yeah, at that age. Yeah, just... I'm just a music dude, and it's just in my blood. And at some point, I became like over enamored with the vocal ability that Stevie Wonder had. It was just something about his vocal riffs and the runs that he used to do where I was just like scratching my head. Mm-hmm. How does he do this? And I would just listen, trying to study it and figure it out. Right. And I, I secretly wanted to be able to do what he did, but I never tried to do anything in public, you know, saying yeah. in public. And then hip hop came out. Right. And that's when like all the kids in the neighborhood was trying to be the MC. Next, yeah, yeah, the next one, yeah. Yeah, well, at that point, it was nobody. It, it wasn't even somebody to, to look up to to be the next one wow. after them. It was just because, you know, you you would, I was too young to go to the parks and see mm-hmm. the jams that they had, but I always heard about it, and they had, like, the tapes that they would play that was happening in the park. And, like, in the 50s that we hear about where the groups would be standing on under, the corners. Yeah, under the light yeah. yeah. It was like that with hip-hop. You had, like, casters outside calling themselves a, a hip-hop group, and they'd be rapping together. And that's when I kind of made my foray into the the performing part. Right. You know, but then I had this R&B melodic thing going with me that eventually I wound up fusing together. And with hip-hop, it's imperative that you write your own rhymes. Right. If you were caught reciting lyrics that somebody else wrote, they'd laugh you out of the neighborhood. <laughs> you know, you better not let nobody know you was biting someone else's stuff. See, well, that's how it is in the world of comedy. Yeah. And, and if you're sitting in the club and somebody hears you, that's so-and-so's joke. Yeah, I heard Capone say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that yep. kind of thing. Yeah, so eventually I just wound up like melding the two, yeah. the, the hip-hop and the R&B. And I was writing and writing, and I would be writing for the groups right. that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And before long, I had amassed a volume of songs that there's no way I was ever going to be able to do all by myself. Right. So then I started entertaining the idea of writing for other people. And that's how I got to the point where I'm at now. Wow. Yeah. All right, Charles. Look at you. That's great, though. So you took your passion. You you do, You do. did what every artist hope that they can figure out along the process. It's like not only did you find that nugget of whatever early in your, your life in terms of a love of music and the love of things that happen and that, you know, creating, you created the party at two years old. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you created the party at two years old because yeah. we all know now at this age, if the music is not popping, <laughs> yeah. you got to go. Yeah. And so here you are with your mom turning out her house parties, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. And then you you took that and then moved it into this, you, the, I should say, you you coalesced all of that energy and became who you are now because you you love a performance, love of, of the power. And then, of course, as you've gotten older, you realize that the voice has a message. Yeah. And so it's about putting out the right kind of message. Yeah, and, and you you can do it. I mean, you may not have ever seen yourself doing a certain aspect or, or um, 
chamber of the industry, mm-hmm. like video, I never even thought that I would be behind the camera directing. Right. I was more into writing the melodies and the and the lyrics. But then it's like when you when you have a story to tell, who's gonna tell it for you? Do you write when you think about your stories? Does the story come out to you lyrically? You know. Wow, that's that's a really good question. At times, some songs, yeah. Other ones, nah. Huh. Yeah. Because sometimes you know it it it's there, and then you just build around, and then other times you start building, and then it comes, right? Yeah, and and when you start building and it comes, when when you do it like that, then you just start getting amped because it's like. Now, at first, you was just kind of noodling around with right. an idea. And then when it, when you start seeing it develop, it's like, oh, let me sit up. <laughs> let me get into this thing a little more. You know? But, you know, speaking to that video thing, man, you know, I'm just excited and elated right now because just yesterday evening, I won uh, at the uh, Pocono Mountains Film Festival for Best Music Video. Shut up! Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, and this—I'm I'm a songwriter, and and I just and you and you had your your work recognized in yeah, film, in film, yeah. And it's like, man, this is this is something. Well, see, but that's how it all begins, like you know. And then the thing is, as we sit here and having this moment, and you're talking about this film that you've had in this film festival, and everyone's now in this moment, especially at that film festival, are like. Dang, who's this guy? Where he just come out of nowhere from, not knowing that you had like 15, 20 years yeah, of writing music writing. and yeah. doing all kinds of stuff. And it's what does that led to the story? It's like it takes you 15 years to be an overnight sensation, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that people are recognizing what you do, because like I said, when I saw what I got to see online, which if you go to chasbronson.com, that's C H A S B R O N X S O N.com. And Mound. Records and Mound Records. Well, because you know yeah. it's all licked. But all but right. when they go, but when they go to Chaz, they go. They can find the page that has those videos that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. and um, which of course I'll put a link to in the the hyper stuff down at the bottom of the the descriptions for you, so you can click to those while you're even while you're listening to us now talk. But to get an idea of your visual capacity and what you're looking at and how you're looking at the world, um, what do you have planned now? What's the next big conversation you want to have? Because right now you're you're showing respect and homage to people who have paved the way for many of us, musically and otherwise. Because, you know, the arts is one of those things that kind of pushes policies in different places as well. So it's, you know, that's how people paid attention to lots of the things that were happening because big singers would come and talk about it back in the day. Um so what's up what what do you have planned next? What's what's your, your burning message you want to tell the world? Um, well, there there are gonna be other projects. They're not gonna always be so serious and okay. political, right. because you know I'm a, I'm a writer and sometimes I have fun. So we're gonna explore some comedic stuff. Okay. Um, one of the videos that uh, was in the film festival that that won yesterday was like a little whimsical project that I did, and uh, all of that stuff is gonna come out. And I also, I'm a part of a group, a, a musical production team called Lou York. Mm-hmm. And Lou York consists of blood cousins who write music for other artists as well as themselves. And Lou York is an acronym for lyricists of unique yet ordinary rhythms and keys. And is comprised of uh, members 
who are from St. Louis, hence Lou, mm -hmm. and New York, hence York, New York. New okay. York. Okay. And, uh, we, you know, we just finished doing an artist development thing with uh, Daddy O from the legendary Stetsasonic. Right. Yeah, and we're preparing to do some live performances in 2019. Nice. So all of that's going to be put in and blended together. You're going to see the Charles Bronx and stuff as well as Lou York and all of the projects under the Mound Records umbrella. Fabulous. Fabulous. Well, well Charles... I don't want to keep you here all day because you got things to do because clearly you got projects of popping. <laughs> That's cool. I got a little time. I'm here. I, I hate that I, you know, that I missed the one before. Well, you so know, it, but let's, let's chop it up. I'm well, here. Well, I mean, I'm but here. this this is the thing. It's sort of like people at this point. There is now this conversation now is enough for anybody who's listening that wants to have their interest peaked because okay. it's you know what I'm saying like. It you can only tell some people so much, and then they have to just explore for themselves, which is why they need to go to chasbronson.com, C-H-A-S-B-R-O-N-X-S-O-N, Bronson, Bronx, dang it, I was being very cool, I was trying to make that a smooth transition, but you see, this is what happens, because we're keeping it real, but chasbronson.com, C-H-A-S-B-R-O-N-X-S-O-N.com, um, as well as Mound Records, M-O-U-N-D, no. Records. Well, because no. it's M O U N Records. There you go. Dot com. It's like a pictures mound without the D. Right. Mound Records. And the best part is, is that this is kind. Of, I feel like it's nice because you have enough stuff under your belt that people can be curious and find a nice chunk of of a nice side of you, and then they can anticipate the good stuff that's going to be coming later. Does that make okay. sense? Because I'm like now I'm curious now of. What else is going on with New York? I, you know what I mean? I'm just like, hmm. Because if you have a fabulous message, that's great. But, you know, again, like the music, which you're going to hear at the end of this thing, is you, it's a wonderful, like, the perfect. Like, you guys, when you came to the studio, I was listening to some of the music, and it was like the perfect kind of background thing that popped. And then it's like, oh, man, but snap. The, the list of songs, like, you know, I'm going through all of these songs in my head, and I'm like, where are these artists? Hmm. And there they are. And the conversation that we have to have about preserving them, paying them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like all of those are important issues. So, you know, I think a lot of the artists now mm -hmm. look at what happened to the predecessors, and they're just determined to not let it happen yeah. to them. Yeah. And that's a good thing. That, that's the, the good thing that comes out of it. Because you know. Jay-Z and them owe a whole lot of their career, or in terms of their, their longevity and financially, they owe to those people of the past. Of the mistakes that they made, certainly are the things that, that we are all learning from. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, but that's the thing. You have to have a conscious thing in your blood where you, when you see what happened to the ones that came before you, that you don't want to let it happen again. Right. So many people are real quick to say to you, and I was I would have signed that deal anyway. Yeah. And you can always come up with a hit song later. No, no. no. You you get yours for that song right then. Mm-hmm. Why do you have, why does that have to be Why do like I have that, to pay the why toll? do you why do you have to make a blood sacrifice of your creativity in the beginning in order to go through or, or and pass through that toll or, mm -hmm. or that bridge to get yeah. on? Nah, man. No. You shouldn't was, have to. Nah, you really shouldn't. I mean, uh, look. The people who are financing you and trying to help you get on, they deserve 
to be paid. Let's get that out of the right. way. They do deserve it because they they funding you. Mm-hmm. But don't rape the artists. Don't give them like Metro card money, mm-hmm. which it amounts to be over a period of time. You better tell it. And then take all of their publishing in 20 years down the line. They still milking that cow. Mm-hmm. And you can't even put, put your kids through college. Yep. Nah, man. You got to be smarter about it. Man. But the, but that's that's the life lesson. So, again, being responsible for your own success and trying to hold on to your own success. Like it's There's so many lessons that you can just learn of life from just this conversation that I'm gathering. If people want to listen. Because that's, that's exactly what I just heard. Own, get your own and own your own. Try to own your own as much as you can and don't, if it's that good, <laughs> get yours then. It's like, don't <laughs> don't give it away. If everybody loves it that much, then that means there's enough for everybody. <laughs> right. And, and exactly. Look, I'll give you an example, right? I, I entered a songwriting contest back in like 1999, 2000, somewhere right. around there, right? And it was the, the John Lennon Songwriting Contest. That was the name of it. Mm-hmm. And I won nationwide. First wow. place in the R&B category. And one of the ancillary prizes was that you got $2,500 worth of studio equipment. And then you also got a $5,000 publishing deal with EMI. Mm-hmm. And I was anxious about that part of it. Right. I was like, man. Just got to get in. Yeah. And so they, they called me and they said, well, you know, we, we want to talk to you about this $5,000 on the table for your song. And I was so excited. Man, I did my homework and everything. I knew what branch I would be a part of mm-hmm. under the EMI umbrella and everything. So I asked him over the phone. I with my fingers crossed. I said, am I going to keep half of my publishing? They said, sure. I was like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep half. But when the contract came in the mail, it didn't say that. It said that I was going to get 100% writer's royalties. Mm-mm. But EMI was going to get 100% publishing royalties. Wow. And so I'm like, well, maybe this is their way of telling me, look, kid, be smart, go to an attorney, and get this done right. And I did just that. I took it to an attorney. Mm-hmm. The attorney just, he, you know how the attorneys yeah. do. They cross out little parts and put mm-hmm. them. And they crossed out the 100 for EMI, and they put 50 mm-hmm. for them. 50 for me. And I took it back to them. Man, EMI wouldn't budge. Wow. They didn't. And they was like, um, well, you got $5,000 on the table for that song that won the contest. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, but I have more material. Yeah. I was looking more to do like a marriage. And they mm-hmm. wanted more like a one night stand. We want that <laughs> song. <laughs> that turns you into a songwriting whore. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted to give me, and they kept saying, yeah, we, we can possibly do a production deal with your other material, but there's $5,000 on the table for mm-hmm. that. So they kept saying that. Mm-hmm. And um, they wouldn't change the the um, the language of the contract, and the deal just went off the table. And so many people was like, man, if I was you, I would have gave them that song. You mm-hmm. can always write another one. But here it is now. I still own the song. Mm-hmm. I can always record it, put it out, and put a video to it. Exactly. And it trust me, it's, it's going to be good. All right. Oh, you can tell me the name of the song? Hmm? Can you tell me the name of the song? Oh, you have to wait. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's going to have to wait because what I, I think that the idea is so phenomenal that somebody may try to 
All and right. friend joint. Okay. You know? Exactly. Like like I was telling you earlier about the your work in that what you see when you go to uh Mountain Charles's Records. well to well to Mount Records, but also to Charles' his, uh website with the other videos, is that they I see the nuggets of the um what's his name musical oh my god it just his name just went out of my head little richard musical like legitimate like there <laughs> so if anybody's looking to infringe like you know get the rights to that story and put that on stage cuz i mean that's a great story especially when you go through the um the video and you see that moment when they're talking to um that old white man's name now that just went out of my head <laughs> pat boone, pat boone. <laughs> He's because he's yeah. still alive. Right. Pat Boone and his, I never wanted to sing those kinds of songs. Yeah, like, you, know, you know what I'm And then there he is up there, you know, Tutti Fruity on Rudy. It's like, really? And that's what made me mad and angry, like what we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. I'm like, here's a guy, this white dude, who he didn't even want to sing the song. Right. He didn't even believe in it as a song. And when the, when the recording engineer told him yeah this is gonna be a hit he tells you straight up oh, i didn't believe it but i recorded it anyway and mm-hmm. yeah it was a hit and it was a so hit. he got a hit just by proxy by accident right you know doing something that he didn't really care about and now he's gonna turn around and tell other people after recording so many other, other black people. artists mm-hmm. material he's gonna turn around and tell them you need to be yourself Ugh. you know and they get away with this and they get away with it, it. angered me and I, that's why I wrote about it. All right. See? But that's how we fuel the arts, Charles. We fuel <laughs> the arts with our anger. That's how it has to happen. And You're so, very well-versed, man. Well, you, you know. know that's you all know. I've been doing it for a minute. <laughs> 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 but again, if you guys want to find out more about Charles and the fabulous work that he's doing, and at the same time, too, opening your mind to uh, another side of a conversation that you don't get the opportunity to hear, and certainly in the... I guess I'd, I'd love to be all smart. The quagmire of the world's situations and the world's problems that we seem to be dealing with every day. This is not going to be something that's going to register right away because it's just that kind of story. But like, you know, <laughs> unfortunately we have a president that's hogging up all the news. Anyway, Charles, thank you so much. I want to say for all of you, go to chasbronson.com, C-H-A-S Bronson, as in Bronx, because that's where he's from, son.com. And go to Mound Records, or Moon Records, M-O-U-N Records, MoundRecords.com. Mound, yeah. And find out more about the work that he's doing, as well as, I, I love it, again, having this just putting some... I want to say putting some passion and putting some awareness and putting a little bit of politics in your art and not being afraid to do it because that's all we have left now. Thank you, man. All Thank right? you for acknowledging that. Thank you for allowing me to talk to your audience here on Curtain Call. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, you, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Charles Bronson. That's the handle as well as Facebook, same handle at Charles Bronson. And uh, Instagram, definitely check out the That's Instagram page uh, at Mound Records, M O U N Records, and check out my YouTube channel, Mound Records. Just type in Mound Records, and it'll take you right to the channel where you can see all of the videos, and um, hit the notification bell so you can be updated, and uh, you'll know whenever we mm. release a new when, joint. When you drop that new project, yeah, Damn. yeah, <laughs> subscribe. I love it. I love it. Thanks, again. and we'll be back.